It's Thursday, March the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Kirsan falls and civilian deaths mount. First, the world in brief. Kirsan, a strategic port city by the Black Sea, became the first regional capital in Ukraine to fall to Russian forces. Fighting intensified elsewhere as Russian troops bombarded the country's biggest cities, indiscriminately killing civilians. Ukrainian officials confirmed that airborne Russian troops had landed in Kharkiv and killed at least 21 people. A long armoured column of Russian tanks and weaponry remains, quote, stalled outside the capital, Kyiv, said a Pentagon spokesman. A second round of talks between Ukraine and Russia is set to take place on Thursday. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, released a video in which he reiterated the country's commitment to resisting the occupying force. Quote, wherever they go, they will be destroyed, he said. Russia admitted that almost 500 of its soldiers have been killed in the invasion. Mr Zelensky claimed the real number to be 9,000. The UN General Assembly voted to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine and demand that it withdraw its forces, with 141 of 193 members supporting the measure. Belarus, Eritrea, North Korea and Syria joined Russia in voting against. Among the abstentions were China and India. More than 2,000 civilians are believed to have perished in Ukraine so far. The UN reckons one million people have fled. The White House said it would impose export controls on certain oil refining technology to Russia. The West has yet to bar energy imports from Russia for fear of disrupting supply, though, quote, nothing is off the table, said Joe Biden. Many traders have preemptively stopped dealing in Russian oil anyway. The price of a barrel of Brent crude hit $116, 20% higher than before the invasion. Russian authorities continued arresting those who protest against the war. On Wednesday night, at least 350 people were seized by police in St. Petersburg. In the past week, more than 7,000 people across the country have been detained, according to an independent monitor. The government has blocked much of the country's liberal media and lawmakers are preparing a bill that will punish the publication of, quote, fake news concerning military action with up to 15 years in prison. Roman Abramovich, the billionaire Russian owner of Chelsea Football Club, said he would sell it. All net proceeds would benefit, quote, all victims of the war in Ukraine, he said. On Saturday, Mr Abramovich said he would transfer stewardship of the club to a charitable foundation. Separately, it was reported that authorities in Germany had seized a $600 million yacht owned by Alicia Usmanov, a Russian oligarch who has been sanctioned by the EU. Other news. Jerome Powell, the chairman of America's Federal Reserve, signalled strongly that the central bank would raise interest rates in two weeks amid high inflation and a tight labour market. It would be the first increase since 2018. Western Australia reopened its borders two years after it cut itself off from foreign travellers and those of other Australian states. 
A former Nissan executive was found guilty of helping the carmaker's then boss, Carlos Ghosn, to hide some of his pay from regulators. A court in Tokyo handed Greg Kelly a six-month suspended sentence. The two conservative candidates in South Korea's upcoming presidential election joined forces. Anshul Su pulled out of the campaign and threw his weight behind the more fancied Yon Suk Yol, making him the front-runner to become the country's leader. And fact of the day, 1.4 trillion rubles, the amount that Russian banks withdrew from the central bank on the first day of war, as they sought to meet rising demand for cash. And now, here's today's agenda. Why the West won't impose a no-fly zone More than once, Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has asked the West to impose a no-fly zone over his country. To some, it seems an obvious way to slow Russia's offensive. No-fly zones prevent the use of warplanes to attack military targets or civilians on the ground. But simply declaring airspace off-limits is not enough. The force that does so must patrol the area and be prepared to fire at planes that violate it. That makes imposing a no-fly zone an act of war. Such zones were imposed in Iraq and Libya, but no country wants war with a nuclear Russia. A no-fly zone over Ukraine would anyway not stop Russia using its huge arsenal of other weapons. NATO countries have supplied Stinger missiles for shooting down planes from the ground, though these can only strike targets up to around 12,000 feet. But they have so far shown no appetite for a no-fly zone. Russia wants a free run of Ukraine's skies, and the West is unlikely to stop it. War Crimes in Ukraine As Russian forces pound Ukrainian cities, accusations of war crimes are growing louder. Ukraine's president said an attack on the city of Kharkiv on Tuesday was one such. The prosecutor of the International Criminal Court said he was opening an investigation into war crimes and crimes against humanity in Ukraine, subject to authorization by the court or by a government which signed the ICC's founding statute. The ICC came into force in 2002. Its statute defines invasion, military occupation and bombardment as crimes of aggression and says, quote, a widespread or systematic attack directed against the civilian population is a crime against humanity. Some instances of violence that might meet the criteria have been captured on mobile phones. Analysts have videos of cluster bombs in downtown Kharkiv and, horrifically, an attack on a kindergarten in Oktirka. Russia rejects the jurisdiction of the ICC, but there is no serious doubt that Russia has broken international law. Poland's unexpected generosity towards Ukraine One million refugees have fled Ukraine since Russia invaded last Thursday, according to the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. Many are now in Poland, the largest of Ukraine's EU neighbours. Long hostile to arrivals from the Middle East and Africa, Poland's ruling Law and Justice Party has welcomed Ukrainian refugees, allowing them to enter without paperwork. As many as 2 million Ukrainians already in Poland 
have been permitted to stay too. Reception points are operating at the border and communities across the country are taking in refugees. Ordinary Poles have been giving them free lifts from the border to Warsaw and other cities or offering accommodation and help finding work. On Sunday, the EU approved a budget of 450 million euros, 498 million dollars, for weapons and equipment for Ukraine. Poland will serve as a logistics hub for delivering them. As the fighting continues, Poland's geographical position between east and west means the country will become ever more important. American Dignitaries in Taiwan America is becoming bolder in its contacts with Taiwan. To avoid riling China, which claims sovereignty over the island, it still avoids meeting Taiwanese leaders at the highest level. But former officials have more leeway. A delegation sent by President Joe Biden arrived on March 1st. It includes Admiral Mike Mullen, a former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The visitors met Taiwan's president, Tsai Ing-wen, who said their trip reflected Taiwan's, quote, rock-solid ties with America. China called it, quote, futile to send anyone to demonstrate, quote, so-called support. Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State under Donald Trump and a target of Chinese sanctions, began a separate visit on March 2nd and is also due to meet Miss Tsai. China dismisses comparisons between Russia's view of Ukraine and its own of Taiwan. The island has always been Chinese territory, it says. But amid persistent stories by Chinese fighter planes near the island, that is not reassuring. The Dark Knight rises again in The Batman. A new caped crusader swoops into Gotham on Friday. This time, it is Robert Pattinson, formerly the brooding vampire star of the Twilight films, who dons the black armour. As ever, Batman takes on the villains terrorising his home city, with a little help from his faithful butler, Alfred, Andy Serkis, Police Lieutenant James Gordon, Jeffrey White, and Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz. The bad guys are drawn from Batman lore too, but brought up to date. The Riddler, Paul Dano, posts about his grisly crimes online. How does Mr. Pattinson's Batman compare with previous incarnations? Although Mr. Pattinson reportedly undertook military-style training to get in shape, he is still slighter than his buffed-up predecessors, Ben Affleck and Christian Bale. The film is longer, and its version of Gotham is always dark and rainy. The hero, too, is particularly glum. This Batman battles corruption everywhere, and even questions whether his own late parents were as respectable as they had seemed. Daily Quiz You get one new question each day. On Friday, your challenge will be to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which American national park is noted for the El Capitan and Half Dome climbing sites? Finally, here's the quote of the day. 
from Thomas Otway, who was born on this day in 1652. Ambition is a lust that is never quenched, but grows more inflamed and madder by enjoyment. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.